It's great to be here with you all this evening. Um, I've been uplifted by the song service so far. I hope that you have as well. I kind of chuckled this morning when uh, Mike mentioned, or he, I guess he asked the question if it was January 8th, have you all, the New Year's resolutions that you've made, are they, have you still kept them eight days in? The reason that made me chuckle is because the lesson I want to give tonight is based off of a failed New Year's resolution that uh, Jacqueline and I made last year. So last year we made a, I guess a New Year's resolution. New Year's came around, we're like, what can we do, uh, what can we do better this year? And we decided we wanted to be more hospitable. And that's what I want to talk about tonight, is I want to talk about Christian hospitality. Um, we'll talk a little bit about why I think uh, that resolution failed, but we'll talk about that towards the end of the lesson. But I want to talk about Christian hospitality tonight. Um, I think that there seems to be some changes in um, hospitality, being hospitable um, in our culture. Some of it's a, maybe a generational type thing. Some of it, I think, is a, more of a cultural thing because of what hospitality is. And when you look at the definition of hospitality, the definition of hospitality is entertaining strangers. But that entertainment aspect, I think one of the reasons that we may see less hospitality these days is because entertainment has, has shifted to a digital format in a lot of ways. And I think a lot of people are... Um, I don't want to say stuck, but a lot of people have shifted into... Um, Digital formats or digital types of entertainment and those, these different things uh, exist now to distract us and keep our minds engaged and I think that we're drawn to those things. Um, and I know young people are especially. I think that because of that, personal interactions, they seem to be fewer, they seem to be further between. Uh, there's less maybe of a motivation for people to uh, invite people over. And, and have people in our homes because we have all these other things that we can do without inviting anyone over. Um, I think that a lot of, the, a lot of that kind of contributes to us having less hospitality in practice, and I think that it uh, especially can affect our hospitality in the church. And I want to get this hard part out of the way because I'm going to step on my toes really hard, and maybe I'll step on your toes, but... I want you to know that hospitality is not an option for Christians. It's a requirement. We're commanded to be hospitable and to love hospitality. And, you know, I think that it's easy to... Uh, we think that way about a lot of things that we're required to have as Christians, but for some reason maybe we let ourselves slide when it comes to hospitality and inviting people or having hosting people. Um, and so I want to I talk about that. It's not an option. It's something that we are required to do as Christians. In Romans chapter 12, verses 10 and 13, we read, Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. See, hospitality is, is one of the traits 
that we as Christians have in a long list of traits that we have. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 8-10, through 10, we read, And above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. You see, being hospitable is a requirement of Christians. And I believe it falls in line with the very nature of what it means to be a Christian and to show Christ's love for others. I think it's a, a specific form of servitude that helps, a, helps us to promote God's love. So as we go through the lesson, I, wanna, uh, I guess I want to talk about three things. What is it? What is hospitality? Why do we need to practice hospitality? And how do we practice hospitality? So what is it? When we read of, of hospitality in Scripture, uh, when we read of either hospitality or being hospitable, the definitions are, <clears throat> the, the Strong's definitions, G5381, hospitality, that word is defined as entertain strangers. And we just, we just mentioned that. When we read of uh, being hospitable, that's actually G5382 in Strong's. And the definition of that is being fond of guests, that is hospitable, being a lover of hospitality. That means enjoying it, wanting to do it. Not, it's not a burden to you or something that you have to do. It's something that you want to do and that you like to do. You want to, do, to be hospitable. So it literally means, hospitality literally, literally means to entertain strangers. And that means those that we don't know, or at least that we don't know well. Uh, I'll say that generally excludes your family. Unless, of course, you don't know your family very well. Uh, so when Jacqueline and I have my mom and dad over, or maybe you have your best friend over, that doesn't really count. That's not actually being uh, hospitable. That doesn't mean that we don't need to have them over or we don't want to have them over. It just means that that's not what hospitality is referring to in Scripture. Hospitable, or to be hospitable, literally means to be fond of guests or a lover of hospitality. That means to love entertaining strangers. That means that you enjoy doing it. You love to entertain guests that, that we don't know well. You love to serve others from a, from a hosting capacity. You see, we can be hospitable, or we can host in a number of different ways. We host guests in our worship service here. Uh, we're to be hospitable to them. We're to want uh, to serve them. But mostly when you think of being hospitable, it comes to having people in our homes. And I do believe that that's the main focus of hospitality in Scripture. It's loving to host and serve people in our homes. Uh, in its basic form, that's what it is. It's loving to to serve and host people in our homes. You know, I think, uh, you know, I guess in, in culture you don't hear a lot about hospitality, but you certainly hear a lot about entertaining. And part of that is, you know, home magazines, social media, makeover shows, they all emphasize all the things that will impress your guests when you entertain. You know, big, bright spaces, unique recipes, fabulous food, uh, the whole emphasis that you see seems to be how can you show off your good taste or your lifestyle to impress your family or friends or whoever you might be hosting. But hospitality is not showing off or impressing people. It's about welcoming others into your home or in, and into your life. 
Hospitality is a practical way to demonstrate love to others in service to God. Whether by, that, whether by simply providing a meal for, for them or opening your home to, to somebody in need. I think Acts 2 gives us a, a picture of how the early church practiced hospitality. In Acts 2, chap, uh, verses 42 through 47, we read, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had, and had all things in common, and sold their possessions and goods, and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with Continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. I believe that the, the last line there in verse 47 is really why we need to practice hospitality. Just like everything else in the life of a Christian, our actions are meant to promote the gospel and to promote Christ, glorifying God in everything that we do. So why do we need to, to practice it? That's why. To promote the gospel in Christ, and to glorify God. Practicing hospitality meets needs. I think it meets, uh, it meets the needs of our heart. You know, uh, I love the... Well, I'll, I'll get there in a minute. It meets, it meets the needs of our heart in, in forming a heart of servitude, as Mike talked about this morning. It meets the needs of our fellow Christians in providing fellowship with one another and helping each other with needs that we may have. And it meets the needs of the gospel, providing opportunities to teach and spread the good news of Christ. So the, the first thing that it, the hospitality meets the needs of is the needs of our heart. And I loved Mike's sermon this morning, Lord, make me a servant. You know, being hospitable is a specific way that we can uh, serve, and our uh, motivation to serve is directly tied to our love and compassion that we have for others. If you find yourself not wanting to be around other people, you probably need to think about why that is. Did you, do you genuinely love and care for others, or are you focused on yourself? That's a question for all of us to ask each other. I think that when we try to view people as, as Christ views them, our compassion is developed because of the compassion that Christ has for all of us. You know, don't you love it when you get to spend, spend some time in somebody's home? I think most of us probably do. We want to spend time with each other. We enjoy when we get to spend time in someone else's home. We need to bless others with that same joy when we have opportunity. If you don't like going to see other people, or it's a burden to you, you might need to check, check, uh, diagnose why that is. Check your heart. What's the motivation for you not, in, not wanting to be around other people or see other people? It's likely a focus on self. In, uh, in Hebrews chapter 13, verses 1 through 3, we read, Let brotherly love continue. Do not forget to entertain strangers, for, for by so doing, some have unwittingly entertained angels. Remember the prisoners as if chained with them, those who are mistreated, since you yourselves are in the body also. We read there to remember the prisoners as if chained with them. And we read 
in Scripture to mourn with those who mourn, rejoice with those who rejoice. Over and over we're taught to, to think about others and the needs of others. The needs that they have, the help that they need. If we're focused on ourselves, then we won't do those things. And it's really a condition of our heart. You know, a stranger is somebody that you don't know. I think everybody knows what a stranger is. And we have a responsibility to serve, serve their needs. And our heart needs to be right in order to motivate us to do that. I can remember, uh, I can definitely remember a time when my heart was not right. When I was in college, uh, me and a, a friend of mine, we were going to eat at a restaurant one time, and uh, there was a lady uh, that came up to us in the parking lot, and um, I don't remember exactly what she said. She was, uh, she needed money, and I remember thinking to myself, "Oh, you know, she's if I give her anything, she's gonna." waste it. She's going to go use this money on drugs. Um, she's going to do something that she doesn't need to. Um, I remember that I did not want to help her because I didn't think that probably in my heart, I didn't think she could be helped. Absolutely wrong. The wrong, the wrong thought process to have. My friend, he immediately reached in his pocket and he gave her twenty dollars. You know, I, uh, a couple months later, in that same, I don't think it was the same parking lot, but I was walking into a, another store somewhere, it was in Lubbock, and that same lady walked up to me, asking, she was giving, she told me the same story, story, and she asked for, she was asking for some money. And I remember thinking, you know, that I knew it, you know, I knew, you know, what she was doing or whatever. But that wasn't right of me to think that way. My friend who reached in his pocket and gave her $20 had the right thought in mind. His heart was in the right place because he wanted to help her because it wasn't a matter of what she was going to do with it or how she was going to maybe use that, but a matter of him giving and where, his heart, and where his heart was. You know, my heart was in the, pla in the wrong place to begin with. Even though I, I might have been right that she wasn't going to do what she needed to do with it, that doesn't mean that my heart was in the right place. And I think it's real easy for us to get jaded by the negativity in the world from scenarios that we see like that in the world. Sometimes it's hard to be really negative about situations like that and helping people and doing things for people. And we can't do that. As Christians, we have to be willing to give. We have to be willing to help and serve strangers. And I'll ask you the question, so what if they do get the best of you? Did it hurt you? I don't think so. I think it helped you. It helped your heart by giving. In Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 16 we read, But do not forget to do good and to share, for with such sacrifices God is well pleased. You know, a couple of weeks ago, Hugh gave a great, a great lesson on giving, and then uh, Seth followed up with, Where is your heart? That night, I believe. All of these things are connected in our service to God. We read in Acts chapter 20, verses 35, I have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. We need to be focused on giving always and not focused on receiving. 
Giving helps to shape our heart to the form of Christ, and being hospitable is a form of that giving. You know, I think that we're, we're so blessed. We're so blessed when we give, and we're so blessed when we're hospitable and when we have people in our homes. You know, Jacqueline and I, have, we've talked about we never regret coming uh, to worship or anytime we have a fellowship event or anything. It doesn't matter if, you're ti- if we're tired or, or what is going on. We never come to worship and spend time with Christians and leave regretting it. Not, I don't, not once. You never regret doing what you should. <laughs> but you regret when you say, oh, I'm too tired. Or, you know, you say an excuse and you don't go. You'll end up regretting those things. And in that same way, we don't regret having people in our homes. We don't regret serving people and providing that service. Sometimes we come up with excuses or reasons why we can't or why we shouldn't that day or that week or, or whenever that is. But if we'll just do it, you know, we won't regret it. We'll be blessed in doing so. We meet uh, our fellow Christians' needs. Hospitality doesn't just meet the needs of our heart, but it meets the, uh, the needs of our fellow Christians. One of, my, one of the, my favorite examples in studying this in Scripture of, of hospitality is in 2 Kings, and it's in the Old Testament, but in 2 Kings chapter 4, and the, the story is uh, from verses 8 to 17, but we'll start in verse 8. We read, Now it happened one day that Elisha went, went to Shunem, where there was a notable woman, and she persuaded him to eat some food. That reminds me of Jacqueline's mama. If you know her at all, she is uh, very good at persuading you to eat some food. Even if you don't want it, she'll, she'll almost force you to. And she said to her husband, look now, I know that this is a holy man of God who passes, who passes by us regularly. Please let us make a small upper room on the wall and let us put, out a, bed for, or let us put a bed for him there and a table and a chair and a lampstand. So it will be whenever he comes to us, he can turn in there. And it happened one day that he came there and he turned into the upper room and lay down there. You know, while there are numerous commands in the New Testament for God's people to to be hospitable, there's a lot of examples in the Old Testament of hospitality and practice. And this example involves the prophet Elisha and this woman from Shunem, as Elisha ministered, you know, he was going from town to town. And this woman's hospitality, it began with something very simple, providing a meal to the prophet when he was in the area. And as time passed, she became aware of a couple of things. First, that Elisha was a holy man. And second, that he needed more than just a meal and he needed a place to stay. And so she urged her husband to build a room for Elisha on their, basically on their roof. And this was going to be a, a place where Elisha could come stay when he was in Shunem. And her kindness touched Elisha. You know, the woman, she didn't seek any, any special favors or, or repayment for this. This was a simple, kind act. And she went above and beyond, not just providing a meal or anything. She built onto her house so that he could stay there or have a place to stay whenever uh, he was in town. But her kindness touched Elisha. She didn't ask for uh, special favors or repayment, but Elisha prophesied a blessing for her 
in, a, in the gracious gift of a son. And over time, Elisha and this woman, they developed a strong, a strong friendship. Later, that son that he had prophesied to her was sickened. He became sick and he died. And the woman came to Elisha for help. And it resulted in Elisha going and raising the boy back to life. One of the, uh, one of the greatest miracles we find in, in the Old Testament. You see, this beautiful friendship between the two began because of this woman being hospitable. She saw a need, and she had the means to meet the need, and she followed through on her good intentions. She didn't uh, see the need and not doing anything. She had the resources to help meet that need, and she followed through with it. She didn't just have the thought and then let it slide. And there's so many other examples of people hosting others in Scripture, especially uh, when you get into the New Testament with people hosting Jesus and His apostles and then hosting others uh, as they uh, traveled, spreading the gospel. You know, nobody in Scripture stayed in a, in a hotel or an inn. Well, I say that, I guess the, the Good Samaritan was put up in an inn, which is another form of hospitality. Um, but oftentimes we see them staying in each other's homes. And I think that strong friendships and fellowship with brothers and sisters in Christ are such a blessing to us, and they're developed by being in each other's homes. I think there's, there's something about being in, in one another's homes that break th breaks through barriers and, and strengthens our bonds with one another much more than the discussions that we have in maybe in these aisles or between the pews after services. There's just something about uh, being in each other's homes that makes it easy to get to know one each other and strengthen our bonds. Our lives and uh, not just our homes, but all of our blessings are meant to be shared with one another. And we need to do that. We also read uh, in Scripture that our, our leaders are to be hospitable. Our elders are required to be hospitable. That's one of the qualifications to be an elder. In 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 2, we read, A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, temperate, sober-minded, of good behavior, hospitable, able to teach. We know that our, our elders are to be an example, uh, are to be an example to us as, as Christians. You know, their homes are, are open, uh, and, our, and their lives are living examples of the Christian life. And I believe uh, hospitality allows our elders to, to demonstrate how Christians live and love others practically. And that's a good reason for elders to practice hospitality so others can see that and, and demonstrate it themselves. Uh, I do believe we've been, we've been blessed with such elders and their uh, influence can be profound. You know, it's one thing to, to read or hear about what it means to follow Christ, but it's, it's much bigger or much better when we can see it lived out before us, when we can see that example lived out in front of us. We certainly need to be sure and thank God for our elders who have demonstrated hospitality to us. We can take that example and we can use it with others. There was a man, I guess his name was Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. He once wrote, A single conversation across the table with a wise man is better than ten years 
uh, ten years more, ten years of studying books. While we tend to think that uh, education, great learning, takes place in a classroom or a lecture hall or um, even preaching like this, this is a similar format to, to a lecture hall. The truth is we can learn so much through everyday conversations around a kitchen table. Opening our home to, to fellow Christians, uh, especially new ones, can provide a safe place for us to fellowship with one another. We can share truth from God's Word with one another and encourage each other. You know, disciples, uh, discipleship is often not a format, not a formal, uh, discipleship is often not a formal teaching event. Uh, opening our homes and praying with, with friends, with fellow brothers and sisters, talking about uh, the Bible over coffee, those are all effective ways that we can encourage, encourage others and demonstrate Christ's love. Another reason why we need to, to practice uh, hospitality is that it meets the needs of the gospel. So I'll, I'll ask, do you think of your home as a place for evangelism? While it's easy enough to invite somebody to church, maybe, many people aren't comfortable with that or with this setting. People that aren't used to it um, simply aren't comfortable, and they may not come for that reason. Um, there's a lot of people here that they don't know, but they, know, they may know you. And they may be willing to come to your home, to your house. You know, they might have uh, anxiety or, or misconceptions about uh, what's required to, to come to a church service or be in a church service. Some people are simply unwilling to attend uh, a church service, but they may feel more comfortable spending time with you in your home. And that's a way that you can reach them and reach out to them with the gospel. In Luke chapter 5, uh, verses 27 through 32, uh, we read an example of this. <clears throat> Luke chapter 5 and verse 27, we read, After these things he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi. Speaking of, this is speaking of Jesus. He went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax office. And he said to him, Follow me. So he left all, rose up, and followed him. Then Levi gave him a great feast in his own house. And there were a great number of tax collectors and others who sat down with them. And their scribes and the Pharisees complained against his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered and said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call, call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. You see, this was Levi's approach when he first came to know Jesus. When Jesus said, Follow me, and he, and he, started, he began to follow Christ, He had a feast and had people in his home to share Christ with them. Matt, uh, Levi Matthew, as he's also known, was a tax collector, which made him uh, probably not well-liked. Uh, not somebody that people looked up to necessarily. And when Jesus uh, called him, Levi left everything to follow him. And he knew that others needed to hear about Jesus because of the blessings he had. We've talked about the blessings that we have as Christians and sharing those with others. We can't do that if we're not interacting with others. So Levi made a great feast and he invited all of his friends. 
They were other tax collectors. They were other sinners. The religious leaders were shocked by the people that were in, in this home. But they were precisely the people that Jesus was seeking. Those were the people that needed Jesus and they needed the gospel. He had not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So by opening his home, Levi was opening the way of salvation for his friends. Hospitality to friends who don't know Jesus can show love and concern for them. Can make a comfortable setting to share the gospel with them. When you open your home up to others, it can be an excellent place for evangelism. You know, we share the gospel by, by interacting with people. And being hospitable provides that opportunity. Having people in our homes provides a great opportunity for that. Shutting ourselves at home or never inviting anyone over does not allow an opportunity for us to teach the gospel in that setting. You know, this morning Mike talked about recognizing opportunities. I think hosting people in our homes is a great opportunity to serve. So, we've talked about what hospitality is. We've talked about why we should practice hospitality. Now I want to talk briefly about how do we practice it. I mentioned that uh, we had a failed New Year's resolution last year. Jacqueline and I had every intention to be more hospitable than we had ever been in 2022. And things just seem to happen, right? People get sick. Kids get sick for like a whole month straight, it seemed like. Uh, You get busy. Things come up. Um, Things happen. People travel. There's all kinds of things that got in the way, I guess. But if I could provide any, uh, I guess just a simple way to practice hospitality, it's just do it. Um, Just do it. Decide who you need to be hospitable to. Plan it and invite them over. If you're invited somewhere, go. Don't come up with an excuse about why you can't go. Just go. Do what you can. uh, Put other things aside. If you're invited to, to go somewhere, put other things aside so that you can go and enjoy that fellowship with them. I understand, you know, people do get sick and there's things, some, certain things are going to keep you from going, but don't try to not go. <laughs> try to go. Put it on the calendar. Uh, you know, we all, a lot of people have phones, a lot of people have schedules. Uh, I've told people a lot of times, hey, if we just put it on the calendar, it'll happen. If it's not on the calendar, it's probably not going to happen. Um, I've been guilty of making very generic term, uh, very generic invitations. Hey, we need to get together sometime. You've probably heard that or you've said that yourself. We need to get together sometime. Never going to happen. When you say that, there's, you may want to get together, but unless you make an effort and uh, actually put it on the calendar and schedule that time, it's probably not going to happen. Another generic term uh, like that is come see us. Uh, people, that's, a, that's something that people say, you know, yeah, come see us. Well, I don't know if that used to happen, but anymore, people don't just come see you. Uh, and I wish they did. That would be nice for people just to show up, and then you'd be forced to be hospitable, you know. 
but that just doesn't seem to happen, right? So, you know, plan, a, plan an actual time and uh, send an actual invite. Call somebody or text somebody and, and make an actual time to do that. <clears throat> I, uh, I forced David and Rhonda to be hospitable one time. I just reminded myself of and they were very hospitable to me. I, I appreciate it. I showed up to their house uh, one night thinking I was supposed to be somewhere else, and they had no idea I was coming. Uh, and they took me in and fed me. That's a great example of hospitality. And I'd love to tell you more about that after the, after the service. But make, make it happen. If you've got multiple people that you need to be hospitable to, make a list. Make a list. Keep track of who you want to invite over or have in your home. I think there's a lot of things that uh, may keep us from being uh, hospitable at times. Things that we get in our heads or um, things that happen. We talked about things that happen in life, being, uh, being busy or getting sick or traveling or whatever that might be. When you plan things, then you can make them happen. You can work around those things. Maybe not being sick, but you can plan around being busy. You can plan around traveling or anything like that. There's other things that keep us from wanting to be hospitable. I think pride keeps us from uh, having people over sometimes. You know, maybe, uh, maybe we don't want people to see our house or our home for, for whatever reason that might be. Um, Maybe it's the, the size of your house. Maybe you think you can't have people over because your house is, is smaller and they've got a big family. Or You know, you don't have to have a party. You don't have to have uh, a feast and invite a whole bunch of people over. You can just invite a, a person. You can invite a couple of people over. It doesn't really matter about the size of, of your house. It doesn't matter uh, about whether your house is, uh, how clean your house is or, or how messy it is. You know, people have different standards of cleanliness. Um, you know, I heard the, the phrase, it's not about the size of your house, it's about the size of your heart. That's a good thing to, to think about. You know, I've, uh, <laughs> I've talked with Jacqueline about, um, and let me just preface this with, I'm just as much at fault for uh, us not being hospitable in 2022 as Jacqueline because of my lack of planning and busyness and whatnot. Uh, but one of the things that Jacqueline struggles with, and maybe many of you women may struggle with, is is your house picked up or is your house clean enough to have guests over? And uh, my advice to, uh, to her on that was, you know, we've got to be hospitable. It's a requirement for us as Christians. We've got to be hospitable, so we've got to find a way to do that. So either we've got to keep the house to your standard of cleanliness where people can come over, or we have to be okay with people coming over with it being not to your level of cleanliness. And that's a... something that we, I guess, can think about, right? We have to find ways and get over whatever barriers that we have that are keeping us from being hospitable, we have to find ways to break through those barriers and go ahead and do it. Something else that we have to understand uh, about being hospitable is that people are different. And we've got to get over that. Uh, you've got to get over that. People are different than you. You have to love them. We have to love each other. 
You know, some people are loud, some people are quiet, some people are clean, some people are messy, according to your standard. Everybody has their own perception. Some people like Dr. Pepper, some people like Coke. Some people are fun, some people are really serious. We all, we have all kinds of differences. We need to understand that and see each other as Christ sees us. We need to see other people as Christ sees them. You know, uh, one piece of news is that they think you're different too. Uh, Not everybody's like you are. And I think when we understand that, it's a lot easier to be around people that are different than us um, and enjoy each other and love and encourage one another. Um, I, didn't, I don't know if Mike made the comment <clears throat> this morning or if I just wrote it down as a note while he was talking, but you've got to, in being hospitable, part of that is being a good guest. So you, maybe you're not the one that's being hospitable, maybe somebody else is. You need to think about that and think about the effort that they've gone through in doing that and, and be a good guest, you know. Uh, don't be difficult to be around. Be lovable. Um, don't complain about the food. Some pieces of advice uh, that as I was researching, don't complain about the food that's served. Don't stay too long. Maybe, some, maybe whoever's hosting you wants to go to bed. Don't try to stay there keeping them up, you know. If you are hosting somebody, don't care about going to bed. Just want to spend time with whoever's there and love them. Basically what it boils down to is serving and loving others. Being hospitable to one another and wanting to be around each other. Loving hospitality. Loving to entertain and host people that we don't know as well. And if our hearts aren't ready to do that, I think that we need to work on that. If your heart's not ready to do that, I think you need to work on that. If you're here tonight and uh, you've been struggling with that, we'd love to help you and love to pray for you. I don't want to close the sermon without offering an invitation. Jesus is the most hospitable uh, example we could ever have. He's, invites, he's invited all to follow Him and to be with Him, live with Him, live in Christ. And you can do that tonight by obeying the gospel through baptism. We'd love to help you with that if you've been taught. And we can do that if either of you will come to the front as we stand and sing.